This is the Aspen Public Radio Newscast. I'm your host, Kaya Williams, subbing in for Eleanor Bennett with your top stories of the day. The U.S. Forest Service has withdrawn a special use authorization for the Uinta Basin Railway. The railway would have carried waxy crude oil from eastern Utah through Colorado to refineries in the Gulf of Mexico. Caroline Yanez has more. Twelve miles of the railway's Utah route would have passed through the Ashley National Forest. And in 2022, the forest granted a special use permit based on an environmental impact statement as required by the National Environmental Policy Act, or NEPA. But in August, a federal court overturned approval for the railway, saying the environmental impact statement was significantly deficient and committed multiple NEPA violations. The judge also wrote that it did not appropriately consider the risks of increased oil train traffic along the Colorado River, especially in places like Glenwood Canyon. And last month, the court declined to hear an appeal to the case. The Ashley National Forest announced that because its issuance of the permit was based on the vacated statement, it will be withdrawing its approval. In a statement, Colorado's U.S. Senator Michael Bennett and Representative Joe Neguse, both Democrats, called the decision a victory for the Colorado River and the communities that rely on it. Caroline Yanez, Aspen Public Radio News. It's been 25 years since Aspen Skiing Company published their first sustainability report. Each edition details their approach to address climate change and other social issues. And the latest one, released yesterday, is loud and clear about what the company thinks of traditional eco-friendly business practices. The report calls carbon offsets bogus and says tracking a bunch of environmental metrics for the company's operations would be a, quote, waste of time and resources because the company believes its energy is better spent on the big picture. Instead, the company's sustainability department says they're focusing on systemic change. They do that through political activism and trying to influence the corporate world. It's not uncommon to see one of their execs talking to lawmakers, writing an op-ed about climate change or getting out the vote. Skiko does track carbon emissions, though. It's on a downward trend as they've built greener buildings and sought out renewable energy sources. And even though they push back against the idea of targets to reduce emissions, the company set goals for that, too, using the year 2000 as a baseline. According to their website, Skiko missed their target of a 25% reduction by 2020, but they say they're on track to exceed it in a few years, due in part to changes they pushed for at the local power utility. The Aspen School District briefly implemented secure mode yesterday due to a law enforcement concern nearby in the Marolt area. Secure status means students and teachers still go about business as usual inside, but no one can enter or leave the buildings until law enforcement is confident there's no threat to the schools. According to district communications with parents, the incident was not connected with the schools, but school resource officers initiated the secure mode out of an abundance of caution. Law enforcement quickly contained the subject of concern at Marolt, and the secure status was lifted about six minutes after it began. Picking County commissioners have agreed to add 35 units to the Phillips Mobile Home Park, bringing the total up to 73 units of affordable housing, with the possibility of adding more in the future. The decision sparked a conversation during Tuesday's meeting about building affordable housing in the rural parts of the county. Caroline Yanez has more. 
County Manager John Peacock told commissioners he needed them to agree on the amount of new units so he could approach potential development partners. Some commissioners worried that the area, located on Lower River Road, was too rural for dense affordable housing, given its distance from transportation, schools, and grocery stores. But Commissioner Patty Clapper said the county has passed on other affordable housing opportunities due to issues with location and infrastructure. She said they needed to stay the course with Phillips because the housing is already there. If we want to provide affordable housing, we're going to have to make sane decisions based on as much information as we can get. We have to listen to the neighborhood. We have to listen to the whole community. And we have to get something done. She also said that if more units were built in the area, it could benefit Woody Creek residents by enhancing existing bus service. The site will also need updates to its wastewater treatment and water supply systems, which will factor into total costs. Caroline Yanez, Aspen Public Radio News. School resource officers at the Aspen School District recently attended an FBI training where they learned about recent trends involving swatting threats or fake shooting threats, many of which target schools. That's after the Aspen schools and other Colorado school districts received multiple swatting threats early last year. According to the FBI, there were over 5,000 swatting incidents around the country in 2023. Aspen School Resource Officer Cameron Daniel says his team is seeking to implement the most up-to-date protocols that align with best practices nationwide. He adds the Aspen School District is likely to be targeted by swatting calls or emails in the future. Expect slick roads and winter driving conditions today throughout the Roaring Fork Valley. The Aspen School District and Roaring Fork School District are operating on a two-hour delayed start due to the weather this morning. In news from the Edless Neeson Arts and Culture Desk, the Aspen Art Museum is hosting its active art program this afternoon, as it does on the third Thursday of each month. It's designed to bring people together for art, conversation, and creativity for seniors. Participants will get a guided exhibition tour of the museum and will then get to have a hands-on workshop designed to enhance hand dexterity, boost memory, and encourage self-reflection. The event is free and open to all seniors in the Roaring Fork Valley. No registration is required, and it starts at 1.30 p.m. And later this afternoon, Explore Booksellers is hosting a death cafe. Death doula Lisa Kolhep and folks from the Aspen Psychedelic Center will moderate a discussion about death, acknowledging that, like birth, it's a universal human experience. The event is not a grief support group or counseling session. Rather, participants can use the opportunity to have conversations about end of life and dying, as well as discuss how to make the most of the limited time we have on Earth. The event starts at 4 p.m. A bluegrass and country band called Town Mountain will perform at the Arts Campus at Willits this Friday. It's one of several bluegrass groups stopping by to call this winter. The band Leftover Salmon has a sold-out show there next week, and the Yonder Mountain String Band will perform in March. Tickets are still available for that show. If Latin dancing is more your thing, Taka has that too this weekend. A salsa night with salsa, cumbia, bachata, and merengue music takes place on Saturday. It's presented in a partnership with Mezclas Socials and features DJ Safiro. And in news from the Ski Report, there's a few inches of fresh snow on the ground here in downtown Aspen this morning. Ski areas are reporting more than half a foot of powder at some of their snow stakes. You'll find the most snow at Aspen Highlands and Snowmass Ski Area, where both are reporting 7 inches in the last 24 hours. Aspen Mountain is reporting 6 inches, and Buttermilk Mountain is reporting 2 inches, though amounts could be higher in some windblown areas. 
Sunlight Mountain near Glenwood Springs is reporting three inches in the last 24 hours. Snowfall will taper off throughout the day. As skies start to clear, highs will be right around freezing in Aspen with a little bit of a breeze. A flash flood watch is still in effect through Saturday. Heavy snow and wind sparked a dramatic uptick in avalanche activity across our region in recent days, and officials in Colorado, Utah, Wyoming, and Idaho cautioned that more avalanches could follow. The Colorado Avalanche Information Center says almost 500 slides have been reported since last week, and the danger will linger with more snowstorms on the way. Brian Lazar is the deputy director of the Forecasting Center. And that's going to continue dangerous avalanche conditions and avalanche warnings in a good portion of you know the northern and central mountains through Thursday. And even after the warnings expire, you can expect dangerous avalanche conditions to persist uh, through next weekend. Lazar says people heading to the backcountry should recalibrate their plans and check the forecasts because of the increased risk. An avalanche warning is currently in effect for our region, and the CAIC says avalanche danger is high at all elevations and aspects. It is very likely that people will encounter avalanches in the backcountry. Both human-triggered and natural slides can occur. In statewide news, on Tuesday, federal prosecutors charged the mass shooter of a Colorado Springs LGBTQ club with hate crimes. CPR's justice reporter Allison Sherry reports there is a tentative agreement already. The convicted shooter appeared in federal court via a web stream. Federal prosecutors filed 74 charges against Anderson Aldrich, who is already serving several life sentences in state prison. In filings this week, prosecutors say they expect the shooter to plead guilty to the crimes in exchange for them not going after the death penalty in the case. That means the shooter, who is 23, will continue to serve multiple and concurrent life sentences for the crime. I'm Allison Sherry, CPR News. The first Indigenous council member elected to the Gunnison City Council was sworn into office last month. Maricela Balesteros is a member of the Cora community, an Indigenous group from Mexico that makes up at least one-fourth of Gunnison's Spanish-speaking population. She ran unopposed for a seat on the Gunnison City Council last year and will serve a four-year term. 26-year-old Balesteros is the director of operations for Project HOPE, Gunnison's resource center for victims of domestic violence, sexual assault, and human trafficking. She says she is honored to be the first Cora Indian to serve on city council. It felt really humbling, I think, mainly because it helped me inspire other people and have that group, the Cora group, see that it's something that's possible. It's something that they can do and even if they don't want to, now they have a representative within council. Balesteros was also elected mayor pro tem by her fellow council members. And in news from the region and beyond, a new study shows human-caused climate change is shrinking snowpacks around the world. That's concerning for regions like ours, where snow is a critical part of the economy and everyday life. Mountain West News Bureau's Caleb Radel reports. Strong snowpacks keep ski resorts in business. They provide water to our communities for drinking and farming, and they help suppress wildfires. Researchers at Dartmouth College studied 40 years of snowpack data from more than 160 watersheds. They found roughly 20% are declining due to climate change. In our region, that includes the Colorado River, Rio Grande, and Great Salt Lake watersheds, areas where snowpacks have shrunk between 20 and 30%. Alex Gottlieb is the study's lead author. 
you can have these really rapidly emerging changes in something like your snowpack and your downstream water availability from that. And by the time that you're really seeing those, you're already in this regime where they're kind of only going to accelerate. He says they discovered after a region warms to a winter average above 17 degrees, snowpacks start to rapidly shrink. For the Mountain West News Bureau, I'm Caleb Radel. An energy company started mining uranium near the Grand Canyon last week. As KSUT and KSJD's Clark Adam Midas reports for Rocky Mountain Community Radio, tribes and environmental groups in the region have been fighting the mine for years. Last August, when President Biden designated the one million acre ancestral footprints of the Grand Canyon National Monument, he stopped almost all uranium mining in the region. But one mining operation has avoided restrictions. The Pinion Plain mine, just south of the Grand Canyon Village in Arizona, is owned and operated by Energy Fuels Resources. On January 8, Energy Fuels notified the federal government that it had started extracting uranium ore at the mine. The Havasupai tribe, the Hopi tribe, and the Grand Canyon Trust have been fighting the mine for decades. They say uranium mining could contaminate groundwater and that transportation of uranium ore will disperse radioactive dust in nearby forests and communities. In late December, the spot price of uranium ore reached over $90 a pound, its highest peak in over a decade. For KSUT and KSJD, I'm Clark Adamitis. Yesterday, the Biden administration unveiled new plans to expand solar projects in the West. It updates the 2012 Western Solar Plan, which covered public land in six states. The new plan would include five more states. The Interior Department's Laura Daniel Davis says now is the time to invest in America's energy infrastructure. And technological advances, increased interest, cost effectiveness, and tremendous economic potential make these projects a promising path for diversifying our energy portfolio, while at the same time combating climate change and investing in communities. There are several solar projects underway in Nevada, California, and Arizona. The Biden administration's goal is to achieve a net zero electric grid by 20. The Aspen Public Radio newscast is produced by our news team, which includes Hallie Sander, Caroline Giannis, Eleanor Bennett, and me, your host for the day, Kaya Williams. You can listen to the show every weekday morning on our website or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening and see you next time.